Welcome to The Look Back, the newest podcast hosted by former journalist, current media executive, and host, Keith Newman. The Look Back provides insights, tips, and maybe a few laughs during a free-flowing conversation on that roller coaster ride that reflects the past, present, and future of the Silicon Valley and tech economy. Hey, I'm just sitting here catching up with my old friend, Ed Culligan. Uh, I think he goes by the title of CEO of Ed Ventures these days. Um, it sounds like he's got a tough boss. Um, but Ed... <laughs> I wanted to welcome you to The Look Back, my podcast. Thank you. It's awesome to be here. How fun to be with you. Great to be with you. And I assume I'm catching you down in Santa Cruz, California, where you have, uh, for those that can see or will see a photo, a beautiful uh, uh, ocean behind you. It's, it's a nice day out here. Yeah, it's a beautiful day today. Um, it's supposed to be a beautiful few days. And this is typical of this amazing place on the planet yeah you're not supposed to admit it because that'll drive more people to come uh hang out there you know there's <laughs> already plenty yeah hey and i wanted to also congratulate you i hear your oregon ducks have made it to the next round in the uh ncaa basketball playoffs i'm speaking of the men but i think the women are doing well too uh yeah our program's done really well what, what a performance the other day um if we keep playing like that i think we're a final four team they were scary and funny. I didn't even know Oregon had a basketball team. Oh, come on. We've been <laughs> in 16 like the last four years in a row. I knew you'd have a good comeback for me. But uh, <laughs> we have had some strength. We had UCLA, USC in there too. And the Oregon State Beavers, come on. The Pac-12 is lighting it up. Oh, my god, Lighting it up. It's great. I mean, and, and the pundits, no one believed. So it's kind of nice to see uh, them doing so well. No, I agree. I love seeing the upsets. That makes the whole tournament so special. Um, okay, so let's get to it. I wanted to ask you a few questions. The look back is really a nostalgic share of, of just conversations with the folks. You know, I've had the great pleasure of hanging out with over my career in early days tech and media and up to the, up to the current stuff where we're still getting into some trouble a few places. So I wanted to grab you, but... Uh, Let's start the conversation off. I don't know why I'm going to go a little chronological with you and nostalgic, but um, you and I met at the most funny times. Um, you were working at Radius and we were kind of neighbors and we would be at the park together over there, Willow Glen throwing balls to our respective doggies. And I'd wave over to you and you'd <laughs> wave over to me. And then you'd be off to go kick some butt at Radius. What was what were those times like in those early days? Yeah, I think you were weren't you were like a big shot at, at computer reseller news or something, right? I tried to promote myself as being a big shot. I don't know if that story ever went viral, but yeah, thanks for thanks for <laughs> acknowledging. No, if I recall, you know, I was pretty intimidated running into you at the park because you know I thought, oh boy, you know, I, I need some good coverage here. You yeah, know, but, and you, you were running radius with Boyce and a few other of those uh cool cats out of Apple and yeah. did some super innovative things. And I always remember kind of uh, Greg Quick always would be coming and tell me the radius stories of the day. And um, this was when we were doing CRN or Macintosh news, if that mm -hmm. kind of knocks out some cobwebs for you. Um, but oh my God, you're, you're really going to challenge me with my, you know, yeah, yeah. cognitive <laughs> abilities here. Um, but I will say, one of the greatest founding teams in the history of computing 
um, not only Mike, but um, Alon Rossman, Matt Carter, Burl Smith, and Andy Hertzfeld were part of the founding team at um, at Radius, and, I, I, and that was a who's who of Macintosh uh, original luminaries. Isn't that fun to think about it? How important the display technology has evolved and grown. But you had a finger on that too with the pivot. Explain to me the thinking behind that. And 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 again, a lot of listeners may not remember that, but that was a really cool product when I first saw it. Yeah, it was a it was a display that. Well, you know, we are are the whole radius uh, experience was founded on the idea that you know you wanted to see you know, what you see is what you get remember WYSIWYG yeah. in in the desktop publishing days and and the our first product was called a full page display because it could uh, show a full eight and a half by 11 page on the screen which I know a lot of your listeners won't understand but that was actually amazing at the time literally and, said page maker and cork and illustrator and right right yeah. So, you know, we, what was the logical outcome of that was, oh, geez, but what happens when you want to look at a spreadsheet? Um, you don't want a vertical eight and a half by 11 page. You want a horizontal eight and a half by 11 page. And so uh, we came up with the crazy and somewhat gimmicky, to be fair, idea yeah. uh, to flip the whole display um, on its side um, yeah. and do that in a, in a way that was, what we always tried to achieve at Radius was some kind of magical, you know, technology that people, when, when you did it, they went, wow, you know, do that. And so you would literally, it was on this pivoting mechanism and you'd take the whole monitor and just flip it over. And when it flipped, it would go to dark and then it would come back on in a horizontal format with whatever was displayed on the screen. So um, it, it was pretty cool. And it shows, it shows the level. It shows mm -hmm. that Apple pedigree in there, but also some breakthrough thinking and innovation and, oh, really fun times and great to get to know the team there too. I was really in awe of a lot of those folks. Um, but let me quickly transition, uh, you know, at time is money. Let's talk about the real juice, which was the next step. I mean, how did we get <clears throat> from, you know, the flip phone, right, to the BlackBerry to what you jumped on and, and founded your founding team, again, another super team um, with, with, with Handspring and Trio. And how did we get from, you know, <laughs> from A to B to C? And it's just amazing. Take me, take me back there too. Well, it was first Palm, you know, so I left, I left Radius to go to Palm yeah. uh, because I, yeah, Jeff Hawkins, I met Jeff and he had an amazing vision, which was the future of personal computing was going to be handheld computing. And I know that today that seems obvious, but at the time we were laughed at when we would say what, that. Yeah. What year are we? What year are we in here? 1992. Okay. And, and at that time, you know, people were selling a lot of PCs and a lot of laptops, a lot of bulky PCs that were this under your desk. Um, and and the, the view that the most important computer that you would have would be in your pocket was absolutely heretical. Yeah. And so, you know, um, when you talk to people at Intel about that, they'd say, what are you crazy? And we'd say, no, you need to be working on processors that are lower power, smaller form factor, um, and will last a day, 
you know, day's battery and they'd say, huh, you know, whatever, we're, we're going for power, man. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and today, as you see, the most important computer in, in people's lives is in their pocket. So um, Jeff was right. I, I listened to that vision and I followed that uh, and went with him. And we built, uh, I think, uh, an amazing set of companies, one which was Palm and, and also Handspring, where we worked on what was really the first integrated uh, smartphone, you know, that had voice and data and email. You know, BlackBerry had email, but it didn't really do a great job of voice and other things in the beginning. What was that like, though, when you, I mean, it really is the first smartphone. I think if, if I'm missing something, correct me, of course, you will. Uh, but I think it was the first smartphone and you were probably sitting on all kinds of different designs as well as, um, you know, feature benefit analyses that were saying, you know, does this make the cut? Does this not? Can we do this? Can't we? And sitting with somebody like Jeff Hawkins, who's widely regarded as a super visionary, and you as a, as a product genius with Donna as a business exec too. I mean, how do you, what were some of the early days stories about go, no go decisions and, and features and things like that? Well, you know, when, when we designed um, the visor, which was the original um, a handheld computer organizer, connected organizer that um, we did at Handspring, one of the key things behind the whole design was this thing called the springboard slot. And that slot allowed you to add in hardware uh, add-ons to the device, which was unique relative to Palm's devices. Because remember, we'd all left Palm to start this new thing, and we had to go compete with our old company. And so we had to have a differentiator. But the biggest reason why we did that slot was the view that, that the wireless revolution was coming, and we needed to experiment with various wireless radios in that slot. And so we had CDMA radios, we had, I mean, um, there were a whole, whole bunch of wireless technologies at the time, pagers and other things that went into that slot. But one of the things we designed was the first phone, uh, you know, cellular module that went in that slot, which was called visor phone, <clears throat> which was a complete piece of junk. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what they're like, you know, when you're when you're experimenting and, and designing. And so uh, we launched that with the view that we were ultimately going to build an integrated device. Right. But here we are in 2020. Did you ever think we'd have I mean, were there conversations about I don't mean 5G because that's drawing board stuff. But, you know, having, um, you know, FaceTime kinds of conversations with full motion video and. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, we 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 believed all that stuff would come. It was just what, what's the really hard thing. What Jeff was amazing at always was having a view of what was going to happen, and a lot of people may have that view, but then figuring out how to increment your way back to now, what's possible today, and what's our roadmap to get there, and what can we achieve now that's going to be effective. You know, the whole idea of the the Palm Pilot was the breakthrough idea there wasn't that it was a handheld computer that that a lot of people were trying to build handheld computers the breakthrough idea was making it an accessory to your pc because that's what was possible in that day to make an effective handheld computer you had to offload a lot of its capabilities onto the pc 
um, and just connect those and then make it a subset of that information to carry with you. And that was the really breakthrough thought there. And then we could increment our way up the, the, the ladder as wireless technologies became more capable, as display technologies became more capable, as memory, as battery life and other things that kept advancing over time. Right, so you had basically a series of uh, roadmaps for each of those little discrete parts or elements and how they would integrate and when you'd be able to bring them mm -hmm. to the market because of the economics. That's right, yeah. that's right. And, 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 you know, and the competitors who were generally all PC people, they were all about the bells and whistles, everything in the same thing, right? And, and so they, they would tend to always over-design these things and, and therefore require a lot of power, which would then make it not usable all day long. And you know all these yeah. other trade-offs that ended up being the wrong design center. That's what gave us so much running room in the marketplace in the beginning. At one point in time, Palm had 90% of the, of the handheld computing market. You know, you know, I think that goes unnoticed today or unrecognized to some degree. And of course it was a while ago, I guess, so it makes sense. But I mean, you were the, you were it for a while. And, and when did you really like first recognize that this was the product in the market and it was gonna be able to capture that kind of share? Oh, you know, when, when we launched, we, we did this really fun launch at Demo. Uh, there was a conference at the time called Demo where you'd go and you'd get, literally, it was like the gong show. You know, you'd get your five minutes on stage and, and you know, if you weren't doing well, the cr audience would just, you know, boo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was big. It, was, it had all the journalists there. It had all the... Oh, yeah. It there. was like the spot. If you pulled it off at Demo, you you nailed it. And we... Yeah. Jeff and I did the, the launch of the Palm Pilot there on stage. And it, at the end of it, I mean, we got like a standing ovation. I mean, it was, <laughs> people were just like blown away yeah. by, you know, what yeah. we'd shown. And we knew at the end of that, you know, we were like, okay, we're on to something here. Um, and uh, yeah, the next year or that year, I think it was even that year, maybe still, or maybe it was the next year. Cause uh, I don't remember, but we went back with our mothers and we had a thing that was like mom's love pilot and Donna's mom and my mom and Jeff's mom were in our booth doing demos of the Palm pilot. And oh, we, we, were, we were showing how easy it was. That, that is freaking awesome. I never knew that story. That's great. Yeah. yeah. It was, I, I ripped it off from David Letterman who <laughs> it would bring his mom on. Yeah. Right. You know, from right. time to time to Together. comment on various things. And so I, I, I'd seen that a bunch. And I said, what if we had our moms go and do the demos in our booth? And people just thought it was the greatest thing ever. People were do, taking orders. Yeah, our moms were taking orders for palms. No <laughs> well, that's that's got to be a highlight. I know you have many of them. But let me ask you this, too, because it's one thing to be in the catbird seat as you were for a while and you were sitting on top of everything. But things changed, obviously, and, and uh, Apple got a little bit <laughs> aggressive and a whole bunch of other folks. What, when you look back at that experience, what would you like to do over again, you know? Oh, you know, I think one of the, the biggest things by far is our own um, self-inflicted wounds. You know, um, we, 
the biggest lesson by far is when you sell your company, you lose control. I mean, you may think you're still in control, but when you sell it, you lose control. And that is the end of the story. Um, and when we, we were really struck, you, it's hard to believe today, but Palm was trying to raise money and, um, I had to be like 96, probably right before the launch of the Palm Pilot. And the best valuation we could get was $9 million. Okay. It was the best valuation we could get uh, from the VCs in the community. And so we ended up selling the company to US Robotics, who no one remembers anymore, but they were a big modem company. And they had a, a, a couple guys there who really saw our vision, who got it, who got the whole platform side of Palm. And um, they were willing to spend 50 million, more than $50 million on it, which, you know, we were like, okay, uh, you know, I mean, relative to nine, okay. And we thought, you know, these guys see our vision, they'll eventually spin it out, we'll keep control, we'll, you know, blah, blah, blah. We convinced ourselves that we would maintain some level of control. Well, that may have been true if US Robotics had survived longer, but you know, the modem business was going away, right? And, and, uh, and they got in trouble and they ended up selling for one of the craziest deals ever. They sold for $7 billion, a modem business to, to 3Com. This is, you know, you know, as the frothiness in the market was going and 3Com didn't even know Palm was part of US Robotics. You know? <laughs> Good due diligence there, right? Yeah. And, um, it ended up, so then all of a sudden our new corporate, you know, lords were down the street. They were in Santa Clara. We were like, oh boy. And, you know, so you just lose control of the whole thing. And what happened in, through all those transitions and all the management changes, you know, I think we ended up chafing it the bit a bit and, and, and decided we didn't like the strategic direction that they were taking. And we left to start Handspring and, you know, one thing led to another and and that you know we lost control of the platform we lost control of the patents we lost control of all these things that we had mm. developed at palm you know we eventually brought it back together but in the time frame between handspring starting and palm and handspring merging again yeah. in that time frame 3com had spun off the palm os into a separate company and put all the patents into that and and that company ended up being bought by a, a japanese company called access and anyway it, it just all the huge underlying corporate changes that happened off of the one point of selling it you know at that one point um that was the beginning of the end, basically. Yeah. No, um, we lost control of what we were trying to do. So it's funny. If you put <clears throat> that scenario against the backdrop of this world we're in now, where dollars are you know, flying at anything close to that level of innovation, yeah. you probably would be a standalone company in a way, either competing with Apple or working with Samsung and Apple on the technology side. Oh, I, you know, I feel like if we had able been able to raise the money that we needed at the right time, yeah. um, it, it would be a very different story. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah. you know, things happen and, yeah. and, 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 and uh, it plays out the way it does. And even with all that craziness, we almost pulled it off. We almost came back, which the Palm Pre and the Web OS were way ahead of their time 
it took two years to reset Palm, to really go back and start over and rebuild the platform and rebuild you know, new, new um, hardware technology. In fact, we made some mistakes there. I mean, if we'd just done more simplified hardware, if we'd just done a basic tablet like the iPhone is, we could have gotten out more quickly, but we still, we were caught up in believing that the keyboard was still really critical at that time. And so we tried to do the slider design and it was very complex and, 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 you know, that was a mistake in hindsight, but the web OS was a, a, a I think of amazing development and, and, and came out, there are features in the web OS that 10 years later, iOS didn't have. Um, and so, you know, I, I feel like we almost came around, but, you know, in the technology business, you lose a few years to the competitors, um, you know, hard to, hard to cover, especially when the competitors are Apple and Google. Yeah, you missed um, right. You, one slip in, in the, that. Yeah, we, we had to just flawlessly execute there. And, and, and I think it was really good, but, you know, ran into a buzzsaw with those yeah. guys and everyone thinks Apple killed us. They <laughs> didn't. It was Google. Yeah. Google, Google, their business model was impossible to compete with impossible. They were giving away the OS and, and, and enabling all these other hardware developers to do it. And it was, that was just, it was completely undermining. Yeah. Well, before we close that chapter, any other thoughts of, in, in looking back and, you know? No, no I, I, listen, I mean, uh, amazing experience, yeah. incredible team, people to this day, you know, send me notes saying Hand, Handspring was the greatest company they've ever worked for. Um, you know, I hear that. I hear that. Yeah. I mean, just if, if people don't realize, I mean, we gave you so many awards in the computer industry, but beyond that, I mean, you're in the computer history museum. You're in like, <laughs> the, uh, but, and beyond that, I want to compliment you too, because um, I know a bunch of folks that work there and everyone just loved the culture that you guys created and, and what you built. And I know I'm not surprised to hear you're still getting calls and, and all that. So that's just fantastic. Yeah, okay, it's a very, very cool experience. Yeah, so enough politeness. What the heck what else are we going to talk about? Not your golf game. That's a very short topic. How about what else uh, What else we uh, we got cooking down there in Santa Cruz? I know you're doing some um, investing, some boards, some mentoring. You have some, any fun projects you want to share? Yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot of things going on there. Um, I've, over the last 10 years, you know, made investments in about 15 companies, of course, some number of those, maybe five are gone. Yeah. <laughs> um, but very um, behind you somewhere. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but there's a few that have really come out of that, you know, that's, that are very exciting. One is Numenta, right. which is, you know, Jeff and Donna's, you know, next company. And, and they've been at it for, wow, like 15 years now, uh, time flies. And, but, you know, Jeff just released his new book and it's fantastic. It's called A Thousand Brains Theory. And, um, and I'm, it's right by my bed. I'm, <laughs> I, I, you can't see it with my virtual bed. Yeah, I'll, I'll not, I'll not add any, uh, any salty comment about that. I, it's a great read, I'm sure. Where are they at with their product? What's the vision there? If you can Sure. Uh, they they have developed uh, it was really a research oriented company towards trying to understand the brain it's just passion for the last 40 years yeah. and um 
you know, they've been developing models and theories around how the brain works and theories around intelligence and what intelligence is. And this latest book is kind of his, uh, his, the culmination of his work of developing a theory around how the brain operates and then talks about the future of AI and what it should look like. And, and the impacts on humanity too. Um, and so it's, 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 it's a really great read. I, I highly recommend it. Um, and so anyway, and, and in that time they've developed, you know, tens of patents, fundamental patents in AI. And, and, and right now they're deploying some of that technology into machine learning applications and are making a big impact on those. And you'll hear more about that um, uh, this year. That's a good tease. That's a yeah. Good now I'm going to bring something up, and I don't know if this is just strange coincidence or not, but near you in Santa Cruz, there's another Culligan. It's uh, strange. I don't know if you know this, but uh, it, co pretty close to you, actually. His name is Bud Culligan. Right. Right. Yeah. Any relationship? Um, yes, there is a relationship there. Um, he's very active in Santa Cruz politics. So I have to kind of keep my distance because, I, <laughs> you know, I get kind of tarred with that. But, um, but no, he's my, he's my brother. He lives about a half a mile down the beach. And uh, we see each other often. And uh, he is uh, an amazing entrepreneur and investor. And he works with me on some of our projects. In fact, we have an angel group that we do together called the Central Coast Angels. And, um, you know, a number of my investments have come from that, including uh, Lowell Farms, which is uh, a cannabis company, not surprisingly, down in, uh, in it's a public company on the Canadian Stock Exchange. Oh. Um, and, um, uh, another company that I just invested in that I'm very excited about called Levered Learning. Um, and it is doing a, a, a systemic, systematic um, math curriculum and, and, and grading and administration program for K through uh, uh, six mathematics uh, in, in, in K through six school. And it's, it's making an amazing impact on um, some, on, on kids uh, math, grades and, and testing scores and performance. And so I'm excited about uh, becoming a part of that. I just joined that board of directors. Oh, that's great, Ed. I know you'll be able to give them great guidance and the idea of you and Bud, who is one of my favorite people as well. Um, seeing the two of you get behind something, I'm sure it's gonna bring a lot of extra, um, extra energy and focus to what has to get built and developed. And I know there's a joke there somewhere between the cannabis and the learning, but I'm gonna let that go for right now. And <laughs> Just kind of take the high road. Well, we, 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 we raise the kids up. We get them real smart. And then, you know, when they get a little older, we let them, you know, relax. You know what I'm saying? Uh, tell Bud I said hello then. And uh, we'll do so. Well, you and I and Bud have to get out on the golf course. No, so, we, we, we absolutely do. You know what I, I'm really dying to do, Ed, is uh, go see one of those um, Santa Cruz Warrior games. Oh, dude, well, come we, on over. Well, well, is it open now to public? Uh, it's, I, they're not playing, you know, in the arenas yet, but, you know, it'll be back soon. But how fun will that be? Because now you, all of a sudden in this day and age where the G League used to be this group of nobodies, you just go watching like a, an up-level pickup game. Now it's, oh no, these guys are all getting plenty of 
time up at the pro level or will be, or, you know, it's probably some very high level experience. Yeah, that was, that was the perception before. And I got to tell you, it, it could be further from the truth that there's always been really talented guys down there. And then a number of them did get moved up. I mean, Seth Curry was on our team um, back, you know, five or six years ago. Um, there been a number of really good players have come out of there and it's fun. I love going to the games and trying to pick who's going to get picked up, you know, who's really looking good here. And um, uh, there, there has been a whole host of players, but you're right. Right now they've been going up and down a lot, you know, um, uh, pool, uh, Smalgic, um, uh, well, pool did a great service to himself, I think, to get his confidence up. He just took over the G league basically. Right. Yeah. Nico Mannion was playing horribly when he was first up and then he went down to the G League and now he comes back and it's like, wow, this kid's a different guy. Okay, you know? promise me that you give me a shout when they open it up to let some uh, loudmouth fans come in. I'll bring my warrior gear down. We'll maybe squeeze in a golf round also. That would be absolutely. No, it'd be fun to have you. Yeah, that'd be a blast. Hey, thanks for taking time out of your busy, busy day of <laughs> juggling all that activity, but uh, really enjoyed catching I'm you. headed off to Cordoval now, man. So this oh, is my yeah. last appointment of the day. Oh, stab in the back right there. Boom. <laughs> all right, we're going to catch you soon. It's been great to talk to you. Thanks for the time. Thanks for your time, Ed. Thanks for listening to The Look Back. Of course, we welcome any feedback and appreciate if you would subscribe and consider sharing this content with your friends. For more information and other cool info, check us out at newmanmediastudios.com.